lot of movies are flopping lately, and who are we to blame? Microphone check, one, two, three, four, let's go! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Wolfpack Podcast, when we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly topics that happens on a weekly basis here in the entertainment industry, where we also talk about the ugly ugliness of the industry, the exposing some of the truths, and learn how we can do better for ourselves and for our future careers. I'm your host, Wolfson, and without further ado, let's get down with the shitness. So today's episode is basically we'll be covering, um, I don't know how do I put this in perspective or even as a title. The best way I can describe it because of the recent striking that we're lately having from, from the SAG and the executive studios and writers and actors and whatnot, I guess like the best way to describe it because it's going to correlate to that later on in the episode um the recent trend of movies flopping now for those of you who don't know or are living under the rock or you haven't been in the movies lately um there has been a, a slight decline of movies lately that every movie it seems it's you know expectations a little bit too high and when we get to see the movie it's an absolute average of best or a disaster of a movie like there hasn't been a movie that i say wow my god holy crap that movie was like the shit like if anything maybe i have already said this to a couple of movies before but the last game the la- i mean the last game the last movie that blew my mind or blew expectations was probably Infinity War and Endgame. Those are like the only two movies that I can think of that actually like went in all seriousness. And, that, and Infinity War and Endgame, when was that? What was the, when, when it was released? Like 2018, 2019? Right? It was surely way before the pandemic. 2020 was the pandemic. So the Endgame had to be before because for sure for sure, when we watch Endgame, we were just like, wow, blown away. Um, I mean, shit, I can correct myself later down the line. But but why am I talking about this? Well, it's actually a very important aspect to talk about here in the Wolfpack podcast because many of you guys don't really realize how what a decline of movies have been lately. And I'm not just talking about the Marvels and the comics. Like, I'm not talking just talking about the superhero movies, no. There has been a lot of movies like both action and horror and also comedy that is just like, nah, it's not like if you compare a movie 10 years ago to it, to his, it's 2023, 10 years from uh, 10 years ago, 2013. If you see a movie back then and you see a movie from that era and then you see a movie now, you cannot argue that the, the, the movies from back then is slightly more better than the movies that are right now. Just because we have the technology and now we can have budgets doesn't mean it's going to be a great movie. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to discuss about later in this episode is the fact that a lot of movie productions and studios are putting too much money into the production for, for a show or for even a movie. And the expectations are becoming much more uh, like, uh, 
you know whereas you know when the first films ever came out it was like a small budget yet it became a a success people assume it's like oh because it was successful let's put more money into it and it could be twice as successful doesn't necessarily work like that i'm pretty sure like the only movie that's been working so far like that pattern is probably the john wick either john wick or mm, fast the fast and the furious uh, saga you know probably because even like anything that's like after fast five it's just like what the fuck bro i i, I thought fast five was phenomenal but Obviously, there was like a lot of what the fuck moments, and you're like, the fuck is this? Anything after that, it was just like, uh, what? Every, everything was just like, and I guess that's what people like the 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 defines the laws of physics, I guess. Because what? It's all about family. Oh, sure, sure. I I didn't know family was included in the experimental stage from being a street racer to you know, becoming a, a worldwide known spies. I, I, okay, sure. I mean, who am I to say? Um, yeah, it, it's those, those are the only ones that started with a small budget and ended up with big budgets and they're making it like a, a cult classic success right now. Um, but other movies, I don't see any re relevance or any see anything that's like, ooh, wow, you know? A perfect example that I can think of is like, I've, uh, I thought it was going to be good, but it turned out to be bad. Was Shazam: Fury of the Gods, a sequel to the original uh, to the to the first Shazam movie with um, Zach Levi. I, the first movie I thought it was good. It, I thought it was funny. And I, like I loved that. I loved this character and the the character development of it. It was like like all right, it was perfect. I saw the second movie. It was just like quite a disappointment. So I don't know who to blame this. It's like, do I blame this on the writers? Do I blame this on the studios? On the, because the studio is making all the decisions. The director, directors sometimes have their faults. I mean, think about it. Josh Whedon nearly destroyed the DCU uh, universe because he because he did, uh, he finished up uh, Zack Snyder's version of uh, the Justice League. He nearly destroyed a, a wonderful piece. Well, he did destroy the movie. It, it just sucked ass. But obviously, the reasons why Joss Whedon took over um, the Justice League movie was, was a, a family matters that were happening under the Zack Snyder's roof. And it was very sad when we hear the news. Um, so obviously, they had to do it. They had to get another director that can actually do it. And, and they had to get the director that did the Avengers, of course. But it's not the same doing an Avengers movie versus a uh, Justice League movie. It's like a lot more expectations. And it was just like, mm. again, it wasn't just, it wasn't good. It, was, it wasn't good at all. Um, and they had to redeem it with the Snyder, with the Snyder cut um, on HBO Max. But... Yeah, like, like, just think about it. That like, that movie sucked, and everybody hated it. And then when they saw the Snyder version, everybody loved it. Everybody was just whoa. But again, is it the director or is it the studio that's forcing the director, forcing the writers, forcing the actors to do all these making decisions? We're gonna dive in into it a little bit, and we're just gonna go a big rabbit hole in all this, and we're gonna lead up with the recent updates with the. With the SAG award, or with the SAG people, you know, like the unions and shit. But before we actually go further, there's a video that I saw 
like a few weeks ago about about Moist Critical. And for those of you who don't know who Moist Critical is, he's actually a streamer and YouTuber. And yeah, that's a much bit. He's from Florida. He's he's in Tampa, uh, as far as I know. Um, and he actually has like very good opinions about certain topics. And there's one video that he actually uploaded in which why movies are flopping. And I haven't heard it. I only heard the first few seconds that I said, like, let me save this so we can dedicate an entire episode of this. So we're going to watch um, Moist Critical's um, takes out of it. Let's see. We got it right here. Today, I experienced what it must have felt like for early human scholars like Aristotle when they'd sit and ponder the deep, complex issues plaguing society, as well as taking notice of things going on around them and trying to make sense of all of it. Mm. And today, my philosophical thought experiment was, why is every single new movie that's coming out flopping? With the exception of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, most new movies that are coming out over the last few months are setting new records for how dog shit they're performing in the box office. And that's not... That's not... He's not wrong there. I mean, I love Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That movie was actually good and a good, an emotion pitch, uh, good animation uh, movie. But like I said, I wasn't wow about it. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But not wow, whoa. But it, it shows you like the level of how many movies are out there that are just like on a slight decon. And I'm pretty sure that stu- that movie was production wasn't that big. I may be wrong and we can double check it, but you know. These bad boys are flopping harder than LeBron James against the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. It's, it's getting rough. And I just read this headline here about a movie I didn't even know existed being DreamWorks' lowest opening for anything they've ever made called Ruby Gilman Teenage oh, Kraken. Yeah. It brought in just $5.2 million so far on opening weekend. Wow. And this is a $70 million budget, and that doesn't account for any of... See, again, guys, you see what I mean? Like, wow. And that, mind you, I have seen trailers of that movie of DreamWorks on the movies, but I haven't seen that much marketing outside of the movie theater or not even word of mouth. I didn't even know that was a thing. And, and then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, what? So we're making a Kraken being the good guy and the mermaids, the evil villains. Usually it's the other way around. But then again, if you actually, you know, hear that's actual mythology behind it they're both evil yeah don't trust the mermaid guys do not trust the mermaid the marketing costs so this is looking like a historic bomb here and, and this isn't alone elemental is still in theaters and is not performing well it, it was pixar's second lowest You're opening ever, right I like, what's going on here it, it was a question that i wanted an answer to so i got deep into exploring the inner machinations of my mind in order to get an answer i was nearly ready to draw a bath and really get get after it really exercise my noodle I mean, I didn't have, I didn't need to know go I, I didn't need to know your your business or your daily sure, okay. And following this thought line to its natural conclusion, you reach two questions. Mm. Are movies just getting worse, which is why people don't really care to go see them? Mm. Or do people just not really have an interest in going to a movie theater anymore? That's actually two great questions. Are movies really that bad or people are just not that interested in going to a movie theater? Uh, my opinion on, ba- on both those questions, the first question is, are movies really that bad? Like I said, I feel like lately it's been a very trend of movies flopping left or right. Like with big budgets and small opening to recover, it's not even a good, it's not even good movie, not good writing or not good acting, however you want to blame it or whoever you want to blame it at. <sighs> 
it's just it has been a very steady decline ever since like i don't know probably 2019 before the pandemic everything maybe it, this is something that i was talking to my cousin the other day it's like lately people like studios are accepting mediocrity they're accepting average they don't care about being the best of the best they just they're okay with with whatever you can bring to the table which is not good because then you're lowering the expectations for for writing a script and then when you put it out there it's just not good at all and and the way how things are moving like especially how the streaming world is doing like it's not looking good it's just not looking good because if the bars set low then that's exactly what we're expecting every time and if we put this and we set the bar high to say like I want to see a movie like Endgame level movie then we're going to be falling for disappointment on every single movie but it could, but two things can be right it could be that we're we're having having these high like ridiculously high expectations and at the same time it could be that you know studio sets are just hiring mediocrity like two things could be right that's number 1 number 2 um people are not going to the movie theaters. This, this is something that I also said to my Chris, to my cousin Chris, shout out to him. Um, this is something that I also said. It was like, when the pandemic happened, like it shut down, the whole world stand still. It shut down the whole world. We can't go anywhere, basically. It's just, it, it wasn't a thing, you know? And what was dying were the movie theaters. Because, Movie studios cannot release their movies on the movie theaters because no one's gonna go to the movie theaters because everything is closed. So how is the studio gonna get that money back? Let's put it out there on stream. Hey, you wanna see this movie? It's it'll cost you this much to see it right now. And that that was a very scary moment because it was ready to get rid of all theaters, and that means all theaters were gonna die out quickly and then it will become a niche thing i predicted that this was this was gonna accelerate the process in which movies are just gonna be on demand on the moment you have to pay 30 bucks just to see it right now or wait a few and then it'll be 20 or 10 however you like it and his point of view is like yeah but not everybody has a 4k tv like you do or like any of us do not everybody has the money to go ahead and spend 30 to watch a movie not everybody has an internet service which is like i disagree with that not everybody's going to have these certain aspects for them to actually watch the movie on demand, which he has a valid point on that. And every everybody will still want to go to the movie theaters. However, I just don't feel like that's a fin right now. I feel like everybody's like the whole movie era is just like, and don't get me wrong. There are times in which I see movies getting slam packed on certain movies on certain box office movies. Sure. But it's not like how it was back then, in which like you know, on a Sunday morning where we would usually go, there's always a lot of people going in. Now it's just like a few few skeletons here and there. There's not that much of a hype as it as it used to. And the and it, and I blame the pandemic for that. The pandemic accelerated the process because eventually in the future, eventually sometime near the future, coming soon, kind of near you, um. People are just going to stop going to the movie theaters and they're going to watch everything. And, and the studio sets are just going to throw the movies into the streaming world. And that's how they get the subscribers. That's how they get their, you know, their money back. That's that's like the only way. That's the way that they did it for, 
for all their movie releases on during the pandemic. That's that was a smart move for HBO to do. Netflix and the others followed that trend. Disney did too. And yeah, it, it was a, a great success of doing that way, you know, for that whole year that was like all in lockdowns and whatnot. Afterwards, it's like lockdowns were like less, less, less. And now it became much more like open. Now we're, we're back to normal, quote unquote, back to normal. But in reality, not many people are really that interested in going to the movie theaters, honestly. Maybe the kids, you know, the teenagers, the young kids that want to see shit and want to be with their friends. They hang out, they go to the movies, probably. I don't know. I mean, that's why that's why these feeders like AMC and Regal are offering like subscribe uh, subscription. It's like, hey, pay 20 bucks a month and you get to watch any movie at any time. It's like, what? Any movie, anytime. One ticket of a movie is like ten dollars. So you tell me with 20, I can watch four or five, get my money back out of it? What? Absolutely. That's one way. Also, they reward people by going and, you know, the video arcades or like, hey, you could get discounts for for popcorn and shit, you know? Try, they're trying their best to catch people to come to the movie videos and spend money out of it. But it's hard, especially hard right now since every everything could be digitized. Everything could be on the phone. It could be on stream. It's like, do I really care about the movie? I'd rather stay home and watch it. And that's the that's the biggest argument that I have with my cousin and everybody else that I've uh, talked about this. It's like, as a as me personally, I don't like to be around with on a crowded theater unless it's like, it's a must that we have to. Okay. But if not, I would rather wait and watch the movie on my home I'm, obviously, I speak for myself. I don't speak for any others. And like his argument, yeah, but not everybody has a PlayStation or or a smart TV or or a laptop or iPad. I, I mean, that argument was just a little bit. Eh. I know there's people who has that. I mean, why why wouldn't they? But sure, I'll take I'll take the argument. So not everybody has it. So that's why the movie theaters are there. I agree, but eventually people are really going to stop and they're going to just going to watch it all and it's going to shift over there. I mean, we saw a preview during the pandemic. The movies were going straight to streaming on demand on streaming. We saw a preview of what would, what's going to happen when movies don't go straight to the studios, to the movie theaters. It's going to go straight to on demand. We saw it happen. It's going to be a thing later in the future where movie theaters are going to die. It's going to be a niche thing and everybody will just go stream because it's, you know why? And this is the best, uh, best argument. Convenience. We went, we went so lazy when Amazon came about, instead of us going to the, to the retail stores to buy whatever we want, we can go to Amazon and get it in two days, free shipping. And, and, Sometimes less value, uh, like the value is less than what they were selling it on the retail store. Retail sold full price. Amazon sometimes is like less. So why wouldn't I go to Amazon where I can get it for less instead of getting out of my, of my car, spend some money on my gas, on my car to drive over, get the traffic and this and that and go to the mall and buy and buy something when I can just get an Amazon for less. And it's going to be here two days, two days. That's fine. All right. It's free shipping and I can wait. People can wait because it's convenient. Same goes with the groceries. Why do I have to go to the groceries where I can just like order it right here and I'll get it delivered within the day? Convenience. 
and it was convenient for a lot of people to watch movies on their home. That's the convenient part. And, it, and it's something that I keep telling him, the convenience will win at the end of the day because it's much more convenient for me to watch a movie at home and I don't have to deal with all the people. I can watch it with my TV, with my surround system and, and shit and whatnot. Or I can watch it on my laptop and put my trusty headphones that are, that are like studio headphones that I can hear everything perfectly clear or whatever. Basically, it's because of the convenience. I can just do it right here. It's, it's kind of hard to not make that argument, but it's true. What, I, what the pushback could be is probably be, because, um, yeah, if you want to watch it on demand, it'll be like twice of what you would pay on a movie theater. A movie theater will be half the price. That's where the movie theaters are winning. But, but eventually, eventually, it's going to come across that there's going to be a movie on demand that's going to be almost the same price as the movie theaters. And people will rather stay good. In fact, people will just go to a friend's house. Can we watch the movie? Let's go watch it all together. And bam, it's going to be like that. It's how fanos will say, inevitable. It's going to happen. Pretty much everything we do in our day-to-day -day lives has become extremely convenient, whether it's ordering food or just general entertainment. You can watch pretty much every show and movie from the comfort of your own home. And you don't have to pay individually for each movie you want to see because eventually they hit streaming platforms that you have a subscription to. So going to a movie theater is inconvenient. You have to drive to the theater. It's also expensive because the ticket prices just keep increasing exponentially. And God that have is mercy true. on your soul if you... That is true. A lot of movie theaters and a lot of movies are increasing the price like ridiculously amounts. Like I'm telling you guys, the other day... I remember back then on a, if we want to watch an IMAX movie, it was like 15 bucks, 13 to 15 bucks, a regular price movie, a RPX movie that's all based around system. It was like 11, 10 bucks and a regular standard was like $8, something like that, or eight or 10. It was around there. Now, standard is 14. Money. IMAX is 20-ish. Bruh. 4DX, 25. It's that level. That's another aspect as to why people are like, eh, I'd rather wait at home. Because 20 fucking dollars to watch a good movie? Nah, B. Unless it's like a high level box office movie that we are a movie that I've been waiting for a while to see. I want to really want to see it. That's the only excuse that I will pay for. Other than that, any other movies is like, fuck that. I would rather watch it on, on fucking stream get a little appetite or a little thirsty and decide to buy something from the concession stand because then you're out another 50 bucks buster because that shit is outrageously priced. It, it is. Criminal how expensive things are at a movie theater. I went to see a movie, a movie today. I saw the new Indiana Jones. I'll get to that in a moment, but it's what put this discussion top of mind for me. And I bought a water bottle and not only did they have the gall, the fucking chutzpah to sell me a Dasani water bottle, but they charged me $8 for the Dasani water bottle. <laughs> that is sewage. Dasani is literally sewage in a bottle and I paid $8 for the sludge. I, I, I agree. I agree. Look, anybody who doesn't know, they need to know this. The two worst waters you can ever purchase on human history, the Sani and Aquafina. For some, and they're both under, the Sani is under Coca-Cola company and Aquafina under Pepsi company, I believe. And let me tell you, those are the worst bottle waters that you can ever drink on. Any human person can drink of. A lot of people are there are probably going to argue. It's like, water is water. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, if I give you Fiji water and Sephora Hills water and Dasani water, you're going to tell me that all three of them are the same? 
no. The fuck out of here. And and that's another thing. Yeah, like the concession stand, like where you buy all your ice creams and your popcorns and your hot dogs and nachos and, and soft drinks and whatnot. It's fucking ridiculous. It's expensive as shit. It, I don't know where he gets the eight dollar bottle of water. Usually it's like a five dollar, but but I'm not I'm not against it. I remember. Oh, and it's just not just that. No, no, no. It's not just like oh, it's that expensive. For six dollars, you get this big of a small soft drink. This big, bro. I it, soft drink. This big. Nani? This is small. What a medium. Hold up. This, this Wait big. a minute. Something ain't right. I ain't not fucking with you guys. Literally. Like, it's like that. For obviously, it's like, oh, I can see why it sits eight, ten dollars the fucking drink. They made it big. They don't have a small cup size. No. That shit is in the past. Now it's about big sizes. The reason why they do this is A, to let people know. See, there's a reason why we make the drinks that expensive because it it resembles the like the volume of it and two is to make us fat asses i'm serious like like the other day i i had a small drink and it was this big like what bro i thought i was getting this big i don't need a fucking jumbo size large drink for me to go to the bathroom in the middle of the fucking movie and say it goes with the foods but the popcorns i remember the popcorns were like this big small size like five bucks now small is this big it's like ten dollars it's like what the fuck what the fuck why? Why? I, I really would have rather paid eight bucks for each employee there to spit into a cup and I drink that. Not only would it taste better than Dasani, but I I'd feel less scammed. Mm -hmm. The point is, it's expensive going to a movie theater and it's yes. inconvenient. So, is that the reason why a lot of people are choosing not to go, leading to so many box office disasters recently? It's a lot of questions that I've been looking at answers for for the last few hours since coming back from the movie. And this I want to just kind of talk about it because I find it so interesting. So let's dive into the first question. Are movies just getting worse? And is mm. that the reason why people aren't bothering to go because it's not worth their time to see it? I think the answer to that is probably no, but I do mm. think movies are getting less original because yes. the budgets for films have gone up so much. Yes. Most films are like $70 million plus budgets. Most of the time, even going north of 100 mil, 200 mil, and in the case of like Indiana Jones, 300 mil. These are, and it's an outrageous amount of clams in order to produce mm -hmm. a modern blockbuster. So when you're gambling with that amount of money on a movie, most of the higher ups like to make sure that it's the safest possible investment they can make with it. Yeah. So they choose to either make sequels or reboots or remakes, something that they know has a built-in core audience. So that's why you see most of what hits theaters these days is kind of derivative of other properties or just straight up a sequel. Yes, and that is true. I mean, look what happened to the success of Scream 5. It was actually a phenomenal uh, reboot, re requel, as they say it. And it was actually pretty good, but it's already had its own built-in audience. So it, or, it wasn't original. It, the script was probably original. The movie itself was original. But it's not original, like, from the very, you know, like, page one, this is what I'm doing. No, it's it's already a rehash, a reboot, a copy paste, but now modernize it. You know, that's basically what what it is, you know, and then you can see at its at its recent sequel screen sits how it kind of flopped a little bit and it wasn't as good as it was in the fifth movie, you know, and that's what they're doing. They're just rehashing stuff and putting copy paste. And I think that has been a very Re not recently. It's been a trend that's been happening for years in which, okay, there's a, this is a book. Let's put it out there. Game of Thrones. It came from Mulfilm Book, uh, the, A Song of Fire and Ice. They made it into a show. They don't have to do much creative there because it's already written in the book. So you just 
copy paste that into a script and bam. Any of the superhero movies, you can argue that they're original, but it came from a source of comics. We already know the storyline. We just have to translate the storyline into a movie theater. A, lo a lot of them are like that. There hasn't been something original that's like, holy shit, this is cool. Maybe John Wick. Maybe. But I'm pretty sure it got some reference from somebody. That, and, and I feel like that's, that's one of the things that the originality is losing touch with people. There hasn't been anything that's very original that'd be like, whoa, you know, and probably Avatar. I didn't like the movie, but I guess, say hey, it's, hey, it's at least it's original. There hasn't been anything like that. Nothing has been, everything's rehashed and copy paste and shit. Why? Time is money. They want money now, right here, right now. They don't, they don't, they don't got time to waste and, you know, it's too much. It's too much to build something. Let's just grab something and work around that. That's basically what's happening. And I think that leads to a lot of people feeling like they've just kind of already been through this song and dance before. You're yeah. not getting a ton of unique experiences from huge mm -hmm. blockbusters anymore. And I think that does play a role in it, but I don't think that necessarily means the movies themselves are worse. They're just so much safer. They I mean, if you guys have listened to the podcast a few times, James, I've talked about James Gunn and how his sudden departure of Marvel into DC and how he has handled DC and the recent tweets that he's been uh, tweeting out there saying like how Lately, a lot of superhero movies are just bad because they don't have any emotions. There's no human touch. Everything's just, you know, superhero uh, villain and that's it. I agree with James Scott. And the way he handled Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it was like the perfect way how do you handle a trilogy of movies, you know? And it's it's safe to say that the way he's going to handle DC is it's going to be okay. It's, he's in, it's in good hands. Because if anything, the Suicide Squad Contrary to popular belief, I liked the first Suicide Squad. It was actually pretty good. It could it could it be better? Oh, yeah. Could the ending could be better? Oh, yeah. The storyline could be a little better? Sure. I mean, but I liked it. It was it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. It was entertaining. Um, but obviously, it flopped, it flopped badly. It flopped badly. But when you see the sequel, The Suicide Squad, oh, my God. It made a shot of redemption. It was like, holy shit. This was amazing. This is way better than the original. Like erase the original. Like make this the 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 only the first one. That's that's how the power of James Gunn and how he handled Peacemaker as well in HBO. That was actually pretty good and it's original and it's original script. I mean, the the movies itself it's already based on comics, right? But the way he portrayed it and way he grab all the characters and put it in a sense of, you know, human emotions to make you feel a certain way. I think he did a pretty good job on that. Just play everything super safe and buy the book. Now, that's, of course, not talking about every movie that hits theaters. There's still a lot of companies that are doing lower budget productions that are far more creative and original. Of course, things like A24 and production houses like that. But mm -hmm. on the whole, most of the big blockbusters are very generic. And it's, it's food that you've had before. You're basically just getting junk food that you know isn't exactly like the best thing there is. But it's still good enough for a lot of people, and it has been that way for a long time. Sure. But I feel like at this point, people are just losing that sweet tooth. They don't really care to just keep seeing the same shit over and over again. Like superhero mm. movies. Superhero movies, even the worst ones, used to still turn a massive profit. It was an infinite money glitch for a while, but now it's been patched. Superhero films aren't guaranteed to make you money. Yep. Case in point, The Flash. Yep. The Flash came out, and it had a crazy marketing campaign behind it. They had all kinds of celebrities singing its praises, celebrities that you would think would hate it. Like Stephen King was going crazy about it, talking about how good it was. Tom Cruise really loved it, saying, you know, this is a certified semen siphoner. It's going to make you a nut. Trust me. Kojima just posted a tweet talking about how great it was. Just so many celebrities talking about it being great. 
which I still believe was some kind of like paid marketing campaign that they haven't disclosed. I still find it so hard to believe after seeing the movie that all these celebrities lost their fucking mind over it. Like it's a fine film, but nothing that I think really changed the whole landscape. But they were talking about it like it reinvented the whole superhero mm, genre. That's it still bumped in the box office. I mean, that's actually a good point. When I saw The Flash, it like I said, contrary to popular belief, The Flash was actually pretty good. I My expectations of The Flash was very low. And when I saw it, it was like, okay, it restored a little bit. All right. I I liked it. I liked it. It was good. It's not like it's not like the Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy level shit, but it was actually pretty good. It was a good it was a, it's a good start. It's a good start for the new DCU universe, you know? And 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 it's a movie that they had to do it to reboot the entire franchise. I'm I was okay with it. I was okay. People say they bomb is sucked. It's like, eh. I had to disagree. Like it was, it was, it didn't suck. It was actually pretty good. It was my again, my expectations were pretty low. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, I, I dig it. I dig it. You know, replay value. I don't think it has that that replay value. It's like once I'm okay and I'm good. Now, of course, there are other factors at play, like Ezra Miller and the crime spree. Ezra Miller went on. That yeah, that might be an, another contributing factor as to why it flopped and nobody wanted to see it because of Urza Miller. Nobody likes Urza Miller and his crime spree. That went completely unpunished. It, there are certain yeah. things like that at play with The Flash, but I still think even if that wasn't the case, the movie probably wouldn't have been a glowing success then either. I think mm. there is legitimately eh. superhero fatigue because most people are assuming that they've already seen all of this kind of shit before, so probably aren't going to bother going through the inconvenience and the extreme cost of driving to a theater paying for the tickets when instead they could just wait for it to conveniently drop on their favorite streaming platform and watch it from home without spending a fucking dime really aside from the subscription cost. And to extend this a bit deeper for today's experience, like I mentioned, I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's the fifth entry into the Indiana Jones franchise. I actually saw it with my parents. This is the first movie we've seen together since the Avengers movie, the first one back in like 2012. So we decided wow. to go to the theater and see it together because we all really like Indiana Jones. And it turns out the film is really struggling a bit with a $60 million debut. Now, this isn't exactly like a hard turbo flop or anything, but it's opening to less than what Kingdom of the Crystal Skull opened to back in 2008. And for a lot of people, that movie is considered a legitimate abomination in the Indiana Jones franchise. So I think there is a chance that people just wrote off the franchise after that one and maybe didn't even bother giving this a chance. I'm, I'm really not sure. But yeah, the movie is not performing nearly as well as they expected it to, despite the film's budget being like $300 million, which doesn't even Jeez. account for the marketing costs, at least according to the numbers I'm seeing online. So this is a movie that needed to generate huge buzz, tons of doubloons in order to turn wow. any semblance of a profit. And it's not looking likely at the moment. So after watching the film, I'll give you like a little pseudo moist meter here. It's a fine movie. I don't think it's very good, but I don't think it's bad either. Okay. Like I wouldn't say that this is an example of a movie that's so shit. Okay, so it's basically a movie that I could wait until it's streaming or if it's in the if it's in an airplane and they have it, it's like I'll watch it. That's fine. It's again, just like the Flash. It's a movie that there's no replay value, but you watch it once, you're good. I'm a, I'm happy with it. Like I at least I know the story move on on to the next one it's not as like ugh, i can't believe i wasted time watching this it's like it's not like that all right that people probably just wouldn't bother going to a theater to see it it's one of those movies where it doesn't really try to do anything interesting it plays it very very safe you go there you'll be entertained mm -hmm. for the runtime but it's not something that you'll really remember on the drive home it's something that's easily forgotten there's nothing wrong with it i think there's a lot of goofy moments in it that that don't make a whole lot of sense as well as like a couple of plot holes but i'm not here to do a spoiler review for this i'll Please. just say overall it's not, it's probably the second worst Indiana Jones movie. I still think it's probably a little bit better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but not by much. It doesn't even come close to the original trilogy. But again, I don't think it's like, you know, an mm. affront to God or anything. It's not horrible. Right. So this wouldn't really be something that I would think would be an example of 
movies are just getting worse and that's why no one's going to see them. But I do think this is an example of this is a very safe generic movie that most people probably wouldn't bother to see. In movie theaters, that is. This would be something you'd flip on when you're, you know, just perusing your streaming platform of choice and you'd throw it on for, you know, some background exactly. noise. Exactly. Well, or, or if you need something to kill fucking like three hours. This movie is way too long. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just going to give a whole Indiana Jones review here, but point is, I don't think this is a movie that's so bad that it's scaring people away from going to see it. It's just, I do think it's not a movie that would get people excited to go. They tried to revive the, uh, a beloved franchise again and... The, that bet is no longer working these days. <laughs> Most people have seen through shameless cash grabs that just try and like piggyback yeah. off the goodwill of a great franchise that they knew and loved. And I think that's one of the big things that people are now just being kind of more conscientious of. Like, eh, I know it's probably not going to be as good as the originals. So I just, I'm not going to go out of my way to pay a ton of money for the tickets. And I'm certainly not going to pay a ton of money for the drinks and food. Because I swear to God, with the prices the way they are, you'd have to choose between paying for a bottle of Dasani or paying for a handful of rare earth minerals. Like, there's going to be like the same cost of a diamond at some point for a fucking bottle of Dasani at a movie theater. Literally. Yeah, I, I don't think that the main deterrent for people going to a theater is movies getting shittier, but I do think them refusing to take big, like, blockbuster risks on new IP or, like, mm -hmm. more bold creative projects is definitely something that is not doing them any favors. But I think yeah. by far the biggest contributing factor is just, it's just, it's pricing people out. And it's just not convenient anymore. Whereas everything else in the world is just getting more and more convenient. Whereas going. I, I swear to God, I didn't watch this. I didn't watch this before I uh, before I talked about this. All right, I swear to you guys, I didn't watch this. I called it convenience sake, and here you are, somebody who's like nine times bigger than ten times bigger than me, is saying it. Convenience. That's what's gonna end at the end of the day. The convenience sake of it, and it's gonna shift to there. Going to a movie theater is going the opposite direction. It's getting less and less convenient and more and more expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things where I just, I think that's the biggest thing at play here for a lot of these flops that have been happening. Not necessarily yep. that the projects are shittier. Like Ru Ruby Gilman could be an absolute masterpiece. I have no fucking idea. But I don't feel like going to a theater to see it because it just doesn't, it doesn't really capture me as like worth mm -hmm. the inconvenience of going there for it. Same with Elemental. Elemental just seems like a really kind of generic film. And that's not enough to get me like, you know, in the car, you know, and putting my ass in the seat in order to watch it just to, to see if it is generic or if it's like, great. I really, I, I don't, I don't really feel like bothering with that. And I feel like that's the way a lot of people feel because it's expensive mm -hmm. and it's inconvenient. So that's kind of my guess for the flops. Uh, just something I was thinking about today, watching Indiana Jones and learning that it was not doing super hot in the box office. And I thought for sure Indiana Jones was going to be a shoe in for profit, but clearly not. I think the age of being able to just kind of phone it in for movies and blockbusters and being able to make, you know, tons of money off of very lazy writing or very generic storytelling and productions. I think that age is kind of behind us now. I think in order to stand out in the box office, it's being proven recently that you need a very strong, good movie like mm -hmm. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That film is absolutely exploding. Uh, another good example is Puss in Boots 2. Like, I think now we're entering an age where people are only going to go to a theater if it really seems like something special that will be worth their time and they'll get a great yeah, experience out exactly. of it. Exactly. how it used to be where... People just kind of go to a theater to see anything, even if it looked kind of generic, because, you know, they were in malls and everyone was out and about, like in malls and shit. Yeah. So, you know, I'll check out the oh, new yeah. superhero film just, just because it's there and it'll probably just be, you know, some mindless entertainment for a little while. And it wasn't that expensive back then compared to now. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think times are changing in the movie industry and the top level execs aren't really realizing that. So they're just pouring more money into generic films, safe films, things they perceive as safe, and they're not getting the returns that they're expecting anymore, which I think is an overall good thing. I'd love more creative projects. I think everyone would. I agree. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like I said, I didn't watch this. I didn't watch this. I only saw the first 10 seconds of it. And I said, like, I need to dedicate an entire episode of this. So I, that's why I paused it a few weeks until I decided, like, okay, now I can sit down and talk about it. Everything that I said, it's like it was echoed by Moist Critical without even me realizing or without me even watching it. It's just that's what's happening lately. There's not enough originality on any of these movies. Everything is just rehash of stuff like, all right, copy, paste. 
And even then, even if it's like a new storyline or something brand new, sometimes you feel like you said it felt generic, like the elemental for uh, the elementals movie from from Pixar. He said it's a, it looks very generic, so it probably has to be coming from some rehash from some other Pixar movie, and they just like basically copy paste the intro plot climax and ending of the of the story and they just like put it right there and that's definitely something i've noticed a lot more with a lot of these um animation movies like there has to be like like it's been that the same pay, copy paste so there hasn't been any originality out of coming from it so i have to agree with it, it there hasn't been anything original and that's why movies are flopping lately because again i said it earlier Studios are hiring are, or their expectations is now mediocrity, medi mediocrity, average. Whatever we could get right now and put it out there as soon as possible so we could get money. That's what's happening, guys. That's literally what's happening. It's a sad uh, turn of events because like, man, you remember when you were young, when movies were magic to you, you going to the movie theater and watching certain movies is like, holy shit, I can't wait to see it. Now it's more like, eh. I'll watch it whenever I watch it, you know? And it's because it, it's it's not getting to this level of expectations. And when the streaming world decided to win on a um, full boom blast when the pandemic hit, that's where everybody's pockets even hurt. Because, like I said, studios were accepting average. Why not? And just put it out there and see how much we can get out of it. And when the streaming world came because of the the because of the pandemic, it's like, all right, cool. Let's just put it out there. Let's put it out there. See, oh, it's good. All right, let's make a season two or let's make a sequel to the movie. Obviously, because everybody doesn't give a shit. Everybody's like in the in the houses, not doing anything. So they rather watch or something in the meantime. But these studio sets were sneaky about it because that's when they actually like utilize stream because it still uh, was a new thing. And they took advantage of it. It's like, huh, all these writers and production companies and actors, they get residual checks for every time their show or movie hits on TV or in the movie theaters. Interesting that there isn't for stream. Exactly. That it leads us to the, end, to the end of this episode with the writer strike as to why. There's many whys. Obviously, they're all understaffed. I mean, under undervalued, underpaid. And now with the streaming service, like a lot of movies are getting, are putting all their, a lot of studio sets are putting their movies and, and TVs on, on streamings. And little do they know that in streaming, uh, the value of a stream is very little. Like, like I like I don't know how many times I've talked about this, but for you to get like $100,000 on a, on a streaming platform, you need to make a million plays or streams or something ridiculous. I, I, I'm, no, I think it was 10 Gs to get a million streams. Let me do my 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 calculator again. Because I it, because it's like again, it's it's all pennies, less than a penny on per stream. So one okay, wait, one million streams times a penny. Let's just put it. Point one, yeah, hundred thousand dollars. So let's just put it point one. Sometimes it's lower than point one. And obviously, a lot of these writers and production people and actors don't get a cut of that. They don't. And if they do it, it's like the most bare minimum. Think about it. How 
Scarlett Johansson's incident when she complained to Disney about like, what the fuck? Like, the reason why Black Widow flop is because you guys put it first on Disney Plus and and little did she know is that the Disney was gonna get is getting a full price of uh of that cut of the movie on Disney Plus and Joe Scarlett is not getting any. Why? Because in the contract, according to people, the contract they say that they that she's getting paid on box office numbers, not streaming. So when so when it was released simultaneously on on movies and on Disney Plus, a lot of people will go to Disney Plus and pay. And she will only get the bare minimum of whatever was paid on on the bot's office. I get it. it like she she amplified it. She amplified the problem that's been, I guess it was been going down for years before I even realized that or by anybody. She amplified and let the whole world know how scummy these studio sets are. And again, uh, something that I tell people, read your fucking contracts. Um, but also I don't blame much. I don't, it's like it's a give and take. Honestly, Scarlet's movie Black Widow flopped not because and it was not just because it was released simultaneously on online and um on theaters, but it, the writing itself was bad. Yeah, and it's a movie that we really didn't need. We really didn't need this movie. Honestly, it wasn't worth it. Honestly, but I have to give it to Scarlet for amplifying the problems like how like how these motherfuckers are actually sneaking into these countries and they're earning a lot of a lot more money than we think from from these streaming service and they're not and, and these people are not getting anything and it's true also keep in mind that you know you're getting paid for this amount of money for uh for as long as your show or your movie is on stream what if they decided to cancel the show or cancel the movie and then remove it? Then you get no money, and and everything else they get, the studio gets gets all their money. They're always the house always wins at this point. Then you're like, what the fuck, bro? Something that my cousin was mentioning to me the other day is I like, look at it this uh, this uh, perspective. Background actors, background actors, you know, get paid like twelve bucks an hour or something just to be uh, on a movie set or a TV set, and they're and that's their thing. You go there. Do your thing, background actor, la da da yeah, and they keep hiring you over and over again. But now they're now they're hiring back their actors and they sign you contracts. It's like we're gonna need your likeness, meaning that meaning and meaning that once you do your thing, we can use that image and multiply as much time as we want to, and we don't need you on other films. We just need you for for this one scene. Now we can use you for other scenes, and that's it. That's shit because that means that for twelve hours. For, I mean, for for twelve dollars an hour, you only did you spend like one day's work, and now they can use that for multiple movies and and TV shows, and then you you get screwed because normally you will get paid for every scene for every scene that you go there per hour on movies or TV shows, and there's people who actually do this on a on a daily basis. That's why they're called background actors. So imagine now that they. What they need, they, what they used to need you on an everyday basis, now they just need you for one day, and they can use your image for multiple for multiple reasons of where. And the problem about that is that it also there's an exclusive clause behind it. I Means like we use their lightning. So when you try to go to another production company to be a background actor, they say we can't hire you because you signed your likeness to this move to this studio, and because they use their likeness, that means we can't use your your face, your body, or anything. I mean, again, it leads all the way to why there's a strike and why 
these studio headsets, they need to like, the CEOs, they need to un- realize, understand what fucked up world that they build in that they're paying very under, uh, under, underpaying these writers and they deserve some of these residuals and those royalties. It's, it's such right now, bro, because it's, it's a shitty thing. Um, and what, what I hate the most is that some CEOs, like they say, some scummy CEOs are saying like, oh, Man, wait until they're 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 getting their eviction notice. Wait until wait until they lose their homes and this and that, and then they'll come to us begging for us. And that's where we stand. I'm like, bro, you're a scumbag for you to say that. Even for you to go that far, really, all because you want to remain rich and not pay all these people what they deserve. That's a scumbag move, honestly. Um. There's also this article from IGN that I saw from Disney CEO Bob Iger says writers and actors have unrealistic expectations with strikes. Um, and this is kind of like, uh, there is a level of expectation that the writers and actors have that it's just not realistic. I disagree, says the uh, Disney CEO Robert Iger on the Zack Ryan White strike. They're at, they are adding to a set of challenges that, that, that this business already facing and that is very disrupted. And I hate the fact that some of these people are um, going with the excuse like, bro, like the pandemic, we're still trying to recover the pandemic. Like how much more you have to recover from your pandemic? Last time I checked, 2021 was an excellent year for everybody's business because that means everybody gets to go to the theme parks, movies, and watch all this other shit. Not to mention you acquire fucking 20th Century Fox for $90 billion. How much are you really suffering? There's some bull crap that they're saying, like, get out of here. See, like, we talked about disruptive forces and this business and all chances we're facing. They're recovering from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Disagree. How is it possible you're still recovering from COVID, especially when on every theme park right now, hold on, especially right now on Disney, Disney's not losing money every day. Last time I checked on, on a on a fucking theme park on Magic Kingdom on, on a Saturday, depending on which Saturday you go, you know how much is the ticket just to go for one Saturday? It's for Florida residents, it's actually 130. 130 plus tax and fees. Money. $130. Cost me like 300 something dollars for me and my and my wife to go to, to Disney. On a Saturday. And let me tell you guys, parking, general parking is 20 bucks. But if you want the VIP, which I got to admit, I pay for it because I want to be in the VIP. Um, if you want to be on the VIP, it's 50 fucking dollars to be up, park up front right next to the park. And then not to mention that some of the foods are like 20, uh, it's like $10 more. Drinks are food, everything's $10 more. Everything's fucking expensive in the theme park. And that's not, and that's not even... Let's not go with uh, with uh, how much is the express lane and whatnot. It's twenty bucks per ride. Twenty if you want to go to the express lane, twenty bucks per ride, or you can just safely wait. You're telling me that you're still on recovery from COVID? Disney World itself is slam packed every weekend. Pack, it's always busy every fucking day, even on the off seasons. You're telling me that you're still on recovery? Make it make sense, bro. Come on. That's just the theme parts alone. I obviously, you know, you got to understand the business where, you know, you had to pay uh, employees and, you know, properties and shit and whatnot. I understand. 
I'm just saying, you, I, I can safely argue that Disney, on one theme park, they make a shitload of money. I Google right now. Hold on. You think, I, I, you think I'm bullshitting? I just typed in on Google. How much does Disney World make a day? The theme park rate in about $20 million every single day. When you add all in Disney's other media enterprises, this has a revenues of over $20 billion fucking dollars every single quarter. It's four quarters of a year or free. Maybe I'm wrong. Potentially, this thing is making close to $100 billion. Close. It's probably $80 billion, over $80 billion a year on just the Disney World theme park. Just Disney World. Not talking about Animal Kingdom or Disneyland or the other Disneys that they have around the world. Not talking about, you know, Hollywood Studios or Epcot. No, no. Just Disney World alone. Alone is $80 billion a year. Over. You're still fucking telling me that you're on COVID recovery? Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Congratulations. You like, played yourself. I'm an, I, have an engineer, I have a bachelor's degree of electrical engineer, and my math is pretty good. And this is like the most basic math ever. You're going to fucking tell me that you're on recovery mode from COVID? You haven't recovered from COVID? Even right now, as of today, every day, Disney World gets roughly around $20 million. Disney World theme park. It's that level of bullshit that makes absolutely no sense that these CEOs are going through. And these guys are like, I don't know. I feel like these guys, these guys are just a bunch of fuckers who don't want to pay because they want to keep, they want to stay rich and they want to keep their status as it is. Um, And then we got what we got, you know? I don't know, guys. Let me know in the comments down below. Let me know what you think about this. Um, movies are really flopping. More of the story. I think they are. It contributes more from the from the studios. It's not like as it was back then. I think the best way to do it is like if you pay the actors a certain amount and make them tell and go make an original script instead of, you know, going through a fucking copy paste from, uh, from a franchise or for, for a comic or a book or something like that. Hopefully we can make something because even lately the horror movies are not that good. It's like I, I remember back then, horror before twenty twenty, uh, before twenty twelve, a lot of horror movies were like fucking scary, and I was and I always jump on all these horror movies. After twenty twelve, it was just like, eh, you know, it's like now I see it just for entertainment purposes. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, cool. That's it. That's pretty much it. Moral of the story: movies are flopping. Yes, lately. Yes, the convenience of going to the movie theaters is it's failing. It's going to go straight to the on-demand. It's an inevitable. It's going to happen that we're all going to see movies on um, TV. And if that happens, the writers and the sets, they need to come with a, a deal that, you know, that works for everybody for them to get the streaming residuals, you know, because if not, then it's a lost cause. I don't know how long this is going to last, this whole strike. I hope, I hope they can make it a, an arrangement soon. But let me tell you, Studios need to make decision now soon before they start losing money. Yes, it's going to affect 2024 100%. It's going to be a, a shitty year for all studios, 100%. And if their excuse is like, oh, well, we'll use chat GPT. All right, good luck on making a, a nice a movie using AI. Don't expect it's going to be the best one either. Just saying. Right now, AI is in its proto 
typeface in which it's still trying to learn how to make something, you know, because you still had to make commands. You had to be very Pacific Ocean for the AI to do its thing. Otherwise, it's just going to assume everything. So that's why it's in its early stages. It's it's when it's when it's on its like mid range phase where it's like I can I can produce something good without having that much a reference. That's when we need to regulate, and that's when we are gonna be scary because that's where everybody starts loses job. But again, what are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments down below, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. If anything, guys, um, thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with brand new topics. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at youtube.com slash the lone wolf podcast when you check all my latest episodes of the wolf bat podcast and the lone wolf podcast also you can check the audio versions at soundcloud spotify apple podcast and iHeartRadio radio for uh, wolves and music or the wolf back podcast or the lone wolf podcast you can all check that out for free it's you just have to look for it guys unfortunately or you can just go on on the description down below where you can check all the link and we'll take you to all like I said, guys, comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover, please let me know on the on uh, the comments up below. And I'm going to do my best to talk about it on the next episode. Um, Guys, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys on the next one, all right? Peace.